This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing the lifting of Santa Clara County's COVID-19 mask mandate, as well as how San Jose aims to use funds committed by Google in relation to its Downtown West project. Locals are getting a fresh look at each other's faces following the end of Santa Clara County's COVID-19 mask mandate for indoor public spaces. The county lifted its local rules earlier this week, aligning them with state requirements. But is it possible we could see a local mask rule come back in the future? Joining me now to talk more about this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? Good, Nick. So um, tell me about this. Santa Clara County was the last Bay Area county to lift its local mask rules. Why did it take so long? So Santa Clara County had to meet three different metrics to lift its mask rule. It needed an 80% vaccination rate, a low and stable hospitalization rate, and low numbers of daily infections, uh, specifically below 550 for seven consecutive days. So daily infections, as you probably can remember, were really high during Omicron, peaking at almost uh, 6,500 in early January and then dropping. Uh, As of yesterday, the seven-day rolling average is 293 cases. So it took a while, but um, once those cases went down, we were able to lift the uh, the mandate. Right. And now just because the local mandate has lifted doesn't mean that all the rules are gone, right? What are the state's requirements regarding masking? Right. There are definitely still rules in place. The county, as you mentioned, is uh, you know following state requirements, which uh, mandate masks on public transit in homeless shelters, healthcare facilities, and correctional settings such as jails. Uh, And just to be clear, the county still strongly recommends that people wear masks indoors due to the threat of COVID. They're just not requiring it anymore. I see. Um, Now, the state is also easing masking rules in public schools. Is that something that will affect Santa Clara County, too? Uh, Yeah. Santa Clara County hasn't had masking requirements for schools for more than a year. So districts have decided individually whether or not they want to adopt the state's masking requirements or use something stricter. And the state is lifting this requirement for K through 12 schools on March 12th. So basically, each district will get to choose their own policy going forward. Okay, that could be um, a pretty interesting reaction from local parents. Absolutely. <laughs> now, as far as uh, Dr. Sarah Cody, the public health officer, she emphasized this week that the pandemic will have peaks and valleys in terms of infections. What does she mean by that? Is she saying that sometime in the future we could see masking rules come back? Yes, I think that she was trying to brace people for that uh, possibility. We, we've already gone through two really disruptive variants in less than a year, Omicron and Delta. And there's actually also a subvariant of Omicron, BA2, that has been spotted in the Bay Area. And we still don't know very much about how it behaves. So she was cautioning people to be prepared for the next possible variant, Uh, specifically by making sure that communities have access to testing uh, and also warning residents that they should hold onto their masks because they may need to use them again in public spaces in the future if there is, you know, a serious public health risk. Hi, I'm Ramona Giwargis, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, executive director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. 
Over the next decade, Google will build a large mega campus in downtown San Jose. Dubbed Downtown West, the project will build residential and retail spaces in the Deradon Station area. In an effort to contribute to the community and help offset potential displacement, the tech titan will pay $200 million to the city by the time the project is finished. The San Jose City Council recently allocated $4.5 million of those funds for economic recovery. Joining me now to talk more about this is reporter Jenna Cotta. How's it going, Jenna? Good, good. Thank you. So give us a quick overview of this. Um, how is the council using this money? Yeah, so it's really focused on economic resilience. To give you a quick breakdown, about $3 million is going to education, job training, and scholarships. $1 million is going to strengthen neighborhood service programs. And then 250000 is going to start an advisory committee that will oversee the rest of the community benefit funds that you mentioned. Um, I think the most notable aspect is that of that $3.25 million that's going to education, job training, scholarships, most is going to this city-started program called San Jose Aspires. It's a high school scholarship program. And, you know, while they were talking about this at the city council meeting, a lot of high school students called in and spoke about how this really made their dreams more tangible. And, and they thanked the city council for their continued support. So that was, that was fairly heartwarming. Um, and uh, some also said that it puts them on a path to be the first in their family to go to college. Wow. And that's always a big deal. It, you know, I'm, I'm curious, why is the council choosing to use these funds for these specific purposes? It, it seems like these are really, I, I think as they've been talking about them, they've been referring to this as a community benefit fund. Yeah. This whole process of building out an incredibly massive project is bound to have impacts on the community. And so this is kind of to offset those impacts. One of the things that I mentioned is the $1 million in neighborhood programs. And those are specifically going to the people who are, to the communities that are living in the Derridan Station area, um, because that's where the project is going to be. And that, that community has already seen a lot of construction and a lot of redevelopment. And they're going to bear most of the brunt in terms of construction impacts. They're also going to feel the impact of rising costs living in a redeveloped downtown. So like, like I mentioned before, it's really to help offset those impacts. And can you give a quick overview of what Downtown West will include? It, it is a pretty massive project. It certainly is. Uh, it's an 80-acre project near the Derridan Station. And so part of that is going to be 7.3 million square feet in office space. But there's also going to be 4,000 4, units of housing, of which a quarter will be affordable. There's also going to be 15 acres of parks, 30 to 50,000 square feet of that'll make up a community center. And there's also going to be space for retail, cultural, education, and arts uses. So it does take up a lot of office space, but it also creates some open space and community space for residents in the area. Right. It's almost an all-encompassing project. I think that um, some of the ways that they've been referring to this, too, is like a Google village mm -hmm. uh, where you can like live, work, and play, so to speak. Um, now, this also isn't the first payment Google has made to San Jose. What else has the city used Google's money for? Yeah, exactly. So by the time the Tech Titan is done with this construction, there's going to be $200 million dispersed in community benefit funds. They have started dispersing that money early, um, $7.5 million. Uh, we just talked about the $4.5 million, but there was also $3 million that was given last year that focused on anti-displacement efforts. So uh, preserving the affordable housing that already exists and increasing services and shelters for people who are experiencing homelessness. I see. And as far as this um, advisory committee that's going to be, uh, you know, formed in the next year or so, what is significant about that? And what role will that play in terms of these uh, benefit funds? Yeah, so this is this 
advisory committee has a big task in that it's going to make the decisions on how to allocate these future Google funds. The city hopes that it'll be completed by the end of this year. It's going to be a 13-member advisory group, That's and these candidates will be nominated by the city clerk, the city attorney's office, the Office of Racial Equity. But the most exciting aspect, at least to Nancy Klein, who's the director of economic development, is that five of these spots are required to go to residents with lived experience in housing and work displacement. And that's important because these are folks who know, who've experienced homelessness, and so they know how to get out of it, they know how to combat it, and they know what it takes to avoid homelessness in the first place. Um, but also the remaining eight positions must include one academic or researcher and the seven people and the seven others have to be people who live in San Jose or have a meaningful connection. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.